Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. 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 Oh, very good, Benjamin. In case you didn't notice our listeners from the new music, Ben probably should have said the festive podcast that takes a festive pop at festively popular culture because it's festive time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the festive podcast. Sure look, sure listen. The podcast that takes a ding-dong merrily on high at Christmas. (laughs) That was... Absolutely dreadful, then. Very good. Benjamin! <laughs> yes? Before we get into the usuals, before we yeah. before we hop up into the usual podcast, Benjamin, Benjamin, I was on a live stream last Sunday. What? I know, Benjamin, I know. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I don't know if you've ever heard of Brian O'Regan's action figure, Brian's action figure reviews, Ben. He's a good friend of ours. He's up on the Discord. I have indeed. He's up there on that Discord, baby. And I tell you what, Ben, they have a culture cast. They do a pop culture live stream every Sunday, starting at half past nine real time. Okay. So I don't know what time that is internationally, but the time it is here. And do they catch a lot of fish? They catch a lot of culture, Ben. And I tell you what, they were bereft of some hosts last week, so I very nobly, many people said, turned on my camera and joined in. Did did you did you say it? Yeah, no, it was me. Yeah, I said that. I said that. It was me. So Benjamin, if you want to if you want to go back and catch that live stream, you can see me discussing almost exactly the same things as I discussed on our podcast the next morning. Because Benjamin we record this first, but then theirs is live, so I preempted my own self. Well done. Thank you very well much. Done. But your look, Benjamin, that's enough of me talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I, I hope it isn't, because there's a whole podcast to go. The whole but podcast. But Benjamin, sure look, this week we're taking a look at The Witcher Season 2. How many, how muscly is Henry Cavill this year anyway? Also, there was Hawkeye Episode 5, the penultimate episode, Benjamin. And... We're going to try and avoid spoilers in this opening description, Ben, but we also saw the greatest film of our generation. Spider-Man, he's locked out of the house. I stole your joke because you wrote it down. <laughs> you stole my joke. It's written right there. It's written there. You don't write down your jokes, Ben, because then I'll steal them. <laughs> sure, listen, Michael, if your joke theft wasn't enough, and it never is, you'll do plenty more, I'm sure. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, Michael. So we said to ourselves here at the Shalook Shall Listen podcast, why don't we do a little bloody roundup? Yes, of the Christmas specials that have that have tickled our hearts over the years, Michael. Just so we can get you in that pop culture, sci-fi Christmas spirit. Exactly, Ben. Yeah. Benjamin, just a little a little public service announcement for any listeners. If they are having a heart tickle, go to your local cardiologist and just let them know. Sure, look, sure, listen. We care this season. Exactly, Ben. Benjamin. Yeah. You haven't seen The Witcher season two, have you? I haven't, no, because I only just found out it's out from you, but it's out ben. before this podcast. Yeah, it's out, Ben. It's out, Benjamin. It's um, it's the busiest popular culture week of the year so far. It I, it might just be. I think it very much is, Benjamin. What with it, Hawkeye dropping some bombs, Spider-Man, the greatest film of our times, Benjamin, Spider-Man, um, let me in, please, coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah here, ah, oh, feck, I've forgotten my key, and oh, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man, I've locked myself out. Benjamin, and The Witcher Season 2 is out, and I tell you what, it's all right. It's, okay, is that all, is that all we get, Michael? Is it, uh, is it all right? I have not seen all of it, Benjamin. Who has the time to see all of it? 
Probably someone. Someone, probably. But not me, Benjamin, because I've been on live streams, Benjamin. I'm too busy. That's very important, Michael. Live streams are are key. They're very important. But also, Benjamin, I haven't seen all of it because we had to see Spider-Man several times. Several times. But, but, Ben, I did see a couple of episodes and they were mostly good. Oh, that, oh. Yes. Mostly good, you say? Mostly good, Benjamin. As you know, Benjamin, I struggle with The Witcher 3, the video game, but... As I was watching these couple of episodes, I was doing the classic Leonardo DiCaprio meme of, I know that! I know that place! That's in the game! Yes. He's hopping around on those poles, like in the game! L- like in the game! And um, um, the first couple of episodes, at least, Ben, are fairly self-contained. They're, they're what we would have called in the olden days a Monster of the Week episode. Oh, that there! I love a Monster of the Week episode, Michael. Mm, I know you do. I like Monsters of the Week. I, I think it's a good format. Can't yes. support an entire show, apparently, but I think it's a good format. It's funny, isn't it? Because when I was a young child, Ben, and I was watching, say, The X-Files. Yes. I looked forward to the Monster of the Week episodes much more than the mythology or mythos episodes. They're better. They're just better. I was like, They're oh, si- no. Not oh, this no. smoky fella again and the <laughs> mystery aliens. It's a deep dive. Ah, oh. oh, no. Who's having it? I wanted a werewolf or a Wendigo. I have that every time I watch a show and suddenly it cuts to the B-plot and you're like, no, not a sinister man in a chair, not a sinister white guy. Oh, Oh, no. Or as you call him, a Ben. Benjamin! (laughs) It was was pretty good. It's pretty good. The the couple of episodes I've seen are pretty good. There's there's sinister goings-on, there's monsters, there's Henry Cavill fighting monsters. It's Yeah, it's all right. I found them a little bit slow, but I watched them quite late at night and I was a little bit tired, so I don't think I can give a fair review. You might have had you might have had a little bit of grog interference. I was a bit groggy, Benjamin, but they were they were very good, and they they seem to, from what I've seen, Benjamin, and I'm way too beyond the level of hubris to say that this is for sure. But they seem to have ditched the timey wimey stuff from season one. Oh, it's about bloody time, Michael. It's not bloody I, Doctor Who, the Witcher, is it? Hmm? Is it, Benjamin? Is hmm? it? I don't know. Is it? Uh, I don't know. It could be. I, I'm no, never I, sure with pop culture anymore, Michael. I, I don't think it is. It's leaving Crossovers you Crossovers abound, and it's just very hard to keep up. Oh, very good. I see what you're doing. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of crossovers, are we going to go straight into Hawkeye? We should go straight into Hawkeye. All right, Benjamin. Should we just say, before we go anywhere today, that this week's episode is going to be the most spoiler-filled episode of anything that you've ever seen in your life? Yeah, seriously, go to those time codes if you haven't seen either Hawkeye, the penultimate episode, or Spider-Man, I'm locked out of the house. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm not even going to guarantee there won't be Spider-Man, Spider-Man spoilers Spider-Man. in the... Spider-Man! spider spoilers in the Hawkeye section, nor can yeah. I guarantee there won't be Hawkeye spoilers in the Spider-Man section. We are, of course, talking about the seminal North Dublin-produced film Spider-Man Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man the, 19, the 1914 lockout. Uh, yeah. Benjamin... <laughs> It's yeah. about Spider-Man and the unions. Ben! <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, though. We've seen, we've seen, um, we've seen that Hawkeye episode five, the penultimate episode, Benjamin. Yeah. And it's hard to argue. I, I don't think anyone could argue, but it is very hard to argue. It's very hard to beat Pug. Uh, you're going to have to help me out there, Michael. You've. Florence Pug, Ben. She's in, oh, she's in Hawkeye. Oh. Very hard to beat Pug, yes. Very Sorry. hard to beat her, because she keeps being consistently the best thing in everything she's in. Yeah, she t- she tends to dominate all right. Because I tell you what, Ben, that dinner table scene with the Mickey and cheese. Th- that accent has grown since last we saw it, Michael. Yes, having some Mickey and cheese, very tasty. 
Um, but I tell you what, fantastic scene. My favorite yeah. scene in the whole series so far. Really? Yeah, I thought it was great. It, it is a pretty good scene. In fairness, yeah. it's enjoyable. It's just the, the looming threat of having the world's greatest assassin sitting at your dinner table eating mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, so delicious. I put the hot sauce. Benjamin. Yes. Is she the world's greatest assassin, though? Because there seem to be loads of them. She seems to be. She seems to be have been deceived again, Michael. Um, mm. She's had the wool pulled over her eyes again, Michael. Constantly. Um, now, now, Michael, there are a couple of questions here because in in at the beginning of this episode, Michael, we discovered what happened to Florence Poog. Um, oh, she got blipped. She got blipped, which we didn't realize for a no. very long time. But very convenient for covering up the fact that she never co- she was never called in by Natasha during the five years because she was blipped, Michael. She wasn't around. Very convenient. They can use that as much or as little as they want, Ben, for the next yep. five years of, of shows and movies. Yeah, what's that? A new character that we haven't seen in ages? They were blipped, you see. <laughs> not the Eternals, yeah. though. They weren't blipped. They weren't blipped because apparently it doesn't affect Eternals. Yeah, because they're not organic beings, Ben. Oh, well, that'll be it, wouldn't it? That'll oh, be I've just spoiled the Eternals. Oh, well. uh, you have. We did say it was the most spoiler-filled podcast of all time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that, everyone who hasn't seen we've covered it. ourselves. Sorry about that, anyone who hasn't seen the Eternals but still plans to. Anyway, we discovered that she's been working to get some extra dough. Mm. Uh, so this must be pre-Black Widow post credit scene. No. It's not. She's still working for Elaine from Seinfeld. Well, it would appear to me, Ben, if if you were to piece together what's going on, it would appear that um, so again, heavy spoilers coming up here. Okay, but but Kate Bishop's mum, Vera Farmiga, yeah, appears to have been the one who contracted Elaine from Seinfeld to send a Black Widow. Yeah, and so Elaine from Seinfeld sent what's her name, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. What's the character's name? Uh, Elena. Yelena Belova, yes. She sent her to go get him. Okay. That seems to be what's going on. Well, that was, yeah, that was it. Okay, that's fair enough. It's a bit, yeah, yeah. I thought she was yeah, a government yeah. agent. I didn't know government agents did assassinations for hire. Is she a government agent? I think she's supposed to be, is she not? Is she? I don't know. Oh, oh Michael. I think My that's hopes. our great mystery, Ben. That's our Such great mystery and worry. Yeah. How, what are, what's Elaine from Seinfeld up to? Yeah, what's Elaine from Seinfeld up to? I don't actually care, Michael. I don't. Is she think trying it's... to get herself some soup, Ben? Is yeah. she having a comic misunderstanding and ending up in jail? What's she doing? What's she doing? Is Jerry being a little bit creepy and she's putting up with it because it's her only friend group because she's mm. quite alienated from other women? Exactly. What? Is that what? Is that? Is that what it's about? Is that what it's about? Is that what's going uh, on? Yeah, um, listen, Michael, uh, okay. all we can say is very good episode of Florence Poog. Some good stuff happening at that dinner table. Some very strong Poog action. Overall, though, Michael, I felt now, and this is this will get me in trouble, but I felt oh. yeah. that it wasn't the strongest episode. I felt it was. Oh, that's I think it was my favourite episode. That's very interesting, Michael. Mm. Hmm. I felt I tell- that my... No, go on. Uh, my attention well and truly strayed in this one. You were probably thinking about Spider-Man again. I probably was. I You're probably, probably sitting was. there watching it going, oh, I wish this was Spider-Man. Yeah, and it wasn't. And uh, I think, yeah, that might have gotten me. But I, I just, uh, I don't know. I didn't love this episode, Michael. It was a bit of a slow burn for me. There was some good stuff in it. I thought there were a few more inconsistencies than I would have enjoyed. Mm, go on. Um, one of the things that I, I really um, didn't understand was... Uh, Hawkeye's very moody phone call to his wife being like, I have to get this done. Yeah. And then 
Yes. All he does is he smacks some people around and gives a threat. It's not really getting anything done. Other he gets than... a lot done, Ben. He doesn't get much done at all, Michael. He gives he a gets... few people a spanking and then... He, he gives so much done. He doesn't get anything done. And you swear so much... he was off to kill everybody, but he's not. So much done. i tell you what, Ben. Yeah. It is interesting that someone who has literally fought Thanos would be concerned about the... Oh, I nearly did a spoiler. Oh, no, we're doing spoilers. That someone who has fought Thanos, he's been in Aliens. He's been literally inside Aliens, Ben. Yes. And he's had hundreds of gribbly grobbly aliens chasing him through a tunnel. Yeah. And chasing him with his magic glove. And he's a bit worried about the Kingpin. Yeah, it's a bit silly. He got be- The Kingpin got beaten up by Daredevil, if you remember. Yeah, but, you know, arguably Hawkeye has faced down a god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the Thanos. He, he yeah. fought Thanos. Quite, yeah. quite a f- yeah, and it he is nearly shot arrows at Thor. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. He fought I, Black Panther. He did. Yeah, yeah. I he threw know. he threw lots of cars at Iron Man. Yeah, he did all that. Yeah, so you know it I, makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Oh no, not the Kingpin. Uh, maybe he is that bad. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe we'll find out, or maybe we bloody well won't find out. Yeah, I mean, how do you do that though? Do you know what I mean? How do you how do you build up human characters to be anywhere near? Because in comic books you can ignore it. Because in comic books they are they all you know you can give them a MacGuffin that makes them as powerful or you know makes them as big a threat. But in shows like this, it's like hang on, hold on, hang on. Okay, I'm ready. Have we not seen actual gods at work in, in yeah. this series? The thing is, though, all of the other people he's fought: Loki, Thanos, Ultron. Yeah. None of them were going to go after his kids. That's fair. None That's of them fair. were going to track down and kill his kids violently. They probably would have gotten around to it eventually. But they would have, but not yeah. in a in a personal way. They would yes. have destroyed the world and therefore also his kids. But Kingpin will send people just to get his kids. Yeah, and the only the, the really the only recourse for that, Michael, is to give give the bad guys a stern talking to. No, or just give them, give them a big kick. Yeah, give them a little kick and a stern talking to, as opposed to disposing of every last one of them, which is what you should really do if they're after your kids. Cause it's mm. not, it's not okay. Well, that's uh, that's how you would end up as the Ronan, Ben, if you had any skills. Probably. If I had any skills whatsoever, if Michael, had any probably, skills. yes. Yeah. Benjamin, you should try and take out the Kinahan crime family. You should oh, start that'd a feud. go well, wouldn't it? You should start a feud with them. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd go really well. I hope nobody from the Kinahan family thinks that's a serious threat, because many of them listen to this <laughs> podcast, Michael. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it, if they said, lads, no more jokes about that, and we were like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, lads. <laughs> so, sorry, Des Kinahan. Um, oh, is that one of them? I don't know. Um, okay, I'm just picking good. an Irish name and putting it in front of a, another well-known Irish name. Um, Des Kinahan, of course, who famously guest starred in Spider-Man Lockout um, way, way back in the 90s. Benjamin. Yes. Come here to me. Oh, go on. I had to leave before when I watched this. I had to leave before the end because we were going to see Spider-Man, if you remember. We were. We were. We went to see Spider-Man and I... I left it on pause and said, I'll watch the end when I come back. And when I came back and watched the end, it was literally the 15 seconds where she showed him who was on her phone. Oh, it's good, isn't it? They timed that very well, Michael. They timed it very well for me. And I came back and went, oh, my God, the Kingpin. And then Benjamin, he was in the, um, he's in the graphic. Yes, he's, he's right at the end. He's towering over the city, Michael. Benjamin. Yes. I have found Echo slash Maya a little bit uninteresting. 
she's she's not interesting at all, Michael, because they've written her quite poorly. They've written her as just, I'm a big, tough woman. Look at me I'm go. A, I'm a big, tough woman and I'm out for revenge and I can probably be swayed that it's not right. And the person, the big, tough person who thinks they've been wronged and are out for revenge and then are easily swayed back is very much a cliche, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also very inconsistent because we've 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 had it established that Maya has zero temper control. Because mm. she goes to kill Kate Bishop on a whim. Yeah. At one point. So much so that your man Kazak, I don't Kazi? know what Kazi has to step in and be like, Whoa, what are you doing? So I find it very interesting that she suddenly holds the sword back because Hawkeye goes, Oh no, wait, 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 wait. Hold wait, on a second. Wait, Hold on a second. Hang on. Benjamin. Yeah. She's like an Agents of Shield character. She is. She's an Agents of Shield character in the wrong universe. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. Also, I'm not sure the actress is very good at facial expressions. She seems to have a default Maya expression. Oh, her angry face. Her angry face. Maya's big angry face, which is very much a contrast to Florence Pugh's non-stop face. Yes, which just moves around. Non-stop moving is the old Pug face. Eyebrows everywhere, bloody nose and everything. It's, yeah, she's doing some amount of acting. I think that's what it is. Is that why people like Pug, Ben? Such an expressive face. She's very good. Benjamin. Yes. Who's the real baddie? Is it, her, is it his mother? Is she the real baddie? I think, so, I mean, there's a couple of possibilities here for who the mother actually is. Um, I don't know if she is, like, yes. the Vanessa of the MCU universe. Is she going to fall in love with the Kingpin? Is that going to be, or is she going to manipulate the Kingpin? Is she manipulating the Kingpin? I don't know, Michael. I wouldn't imagine so, Benjamin. I think... I think as much as it doesn't matter, I think they're going to leave most of Hawkeye, most of Daredevil as canon without bringing it okay. up, without getting into it. Okay. I don't think this is a reboot. I think they're just sidewaysing it in. Okay, so it's a sideloaded uh, yeah. new thing. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, a lot of because, people, Ben, on the internet are saying Madame Mask. Yes, I, I also had that thought, uh, mainly because Madame Mask features quite heavily in My Life as a Weapon. Your um, Life as a Weapon. No, no, the comic book on which the entire Hawkeye series is heavily based. Oh, Michael. not your personal life as a weapon. Um, she features in that quite a bit, as is the mm. Kingpin. Um, King and I think it could be her, but we haven't seen any prowess. And Madame Mask is in a, a kind of a, an assassin extraordinaire. And we've seen yeah. no evidence of that from Vera Farmiga. But we haven't seen any evidence to the contrary either. We haven't. I suppose that's true, Michael. I Did you think that's of that, true. Ben? Did you think um, of that? You will remember, uh, way back when we, we looked at episode one, I said she was an absolute supervillain in the red dress that she wore. So she's some kind of villain. We oh, just don't yeah. know what kind of villain. I still think there's some sort of insurance scam with her dad. And you think that Jacques might be just a cover for the whole affair? I think poor old Jacques Duquesne is a patsy. I think he is just an old patsy. I think that's, yeah. I think. That's I don't exactly think he's a good means. egg. No, no, he's definitely a bad guy and he thinks he's in on it, but they're actually just using him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling, Ben, what's going to be revealed is that um, her dad has done a fake, his, faking his death thing oh, for insurance. And yeah. King Kingpin was either involved in that or knows and therefore has something over her mother. A bit of leverage. A bit of leverage, exactly. And mm. then he's like, I'm Kingpin, I'm Vincent D'Onofrio, you better do scams for me. And she's like, all right then, oh, don't tell my daughter. <laughs> yeah. She thinks so highly of me. She doesn't, yeah. though. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't rate her at all. No, not at all. I've, yeah, I've never out, seen a more dysfunctional mother-daughter relationship. Four out of ten, worse mother. <laughs> Mum could have been better. Yeah, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. 
shall we talk about the greatest film of our times? Michael, good grief. Yes. We went to the cinema this week. We did indeed. As a, as a, as a qu- quintet. A quintet, five people. Mm. And what we saw, Michael. Yes. Was the film of our generation. The film of our generation, Ben. <laughs> Michael, what we saw yes. was a perfect superhero movie. I, so, okay, here's the thing. We're talking about Spider-Man. No Way Home. Yes. What way is it? I don't know. Benjamin, let's do broadly, very broadly speaking, a couple of minutes without going into any big, huge spoilers. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just hack away at it after that. Yeah. And I'll put two time codes, one with mild spoilers and one where we just absolutely reveal everything and ruin the film. Yep, sounds good. Benjamin. Yes. I have not enjoyed a film as much as this since, oof, Ragnarok, maybe? Thor Ragnarok? It's either that or, yeah, I think Ragnarok is probably a good call. I think I enjoyed this. Uh, It's definitely better than Endgame. Yep. It is 100%. definitely better than Endgame. And it has about the same level of fan service as Endgame. Yeah. But is a better structured film. Much better. It's actually a better film in its own right. And it's it a has no film. right to be, Michael. If you if you were to spell this out to somebody and say, this is what I'm going to do, right? Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah, don't I'm gonna now, take because we're not doing the main spoilers yet. No, no, no. Go this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take villains from all the old Spider-Man films. Yeah. I'm just going to put them into this new universe that we've spent yeah. ages pulling together. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And it's going to be a great film. If you had said that to me and you did say it to me, lots of I people did. I did say it to you, yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want that. And I was a bit nervous too, Ben. I thought this isn't going to go anywhere. This is a bad idea. And I have never been more wrong. Cause no, it's I, I was brilliant. completely and utterly wrong. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. And Benjamin. Yeah. As we discussed at length on last week's podcast or podcast two weeks ago, no great Spider-Man fans are we. We're not. Well, I mean, that's not true. I mean, what I mean to say is no great. We're we're not overflowing with nostalgia for the Tobey Maguire or the Andrew yeah. Garfield films. We never had that. No. In um, fact, re-watching them on last week's podcast only only strengthened the ire I feel for those films. Bit of a rough time, you could say. Yeah. But... Yeah. This was just two hours of almost constant brilliance. It was joy. just, a, it, like, was just it was just joy. joy. <laughs> it saved Christmas, Ben. It saved Christmas. It's easily the best film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 4. It puts the films which have not been very good, and I'm mostly looking at... Um, I'm mostly looking at you, Black Widow, and you, The Eternals. It puts them into such stark contrast. Little Tony Stark joke for you there. It puts them into such stark contrast. And you go, why did they make those? They should have just made this. Yeah. This is so much better. uh, I cannot get over how they pulled this off. (laughs) It's incredible. I genuinely think it is the best comic book superhero movie I've ever seen. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm willing to say that yet. That's okay. You're wrong, and that's fine. It, okay, we, that's we, fine. We get into it that's on the fine. podcast. Yeah. But well, you know, I think this is a near, a near home run across the board for mm. Marvel. It's yeah. just damn good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good, Ben. Right. Look, that's enough gushing. 
Let's yeah. get into the full-on spoilers, Benjamin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, get down to that time code if you haven't seen it yet. Right? Yeah. Get on down there. Click on to the next part. Where you we don't want Christmas. to have this spoiled. You don't want it spoiled. <laughs> okay, no. you, you just don't want it spoiled. So on you go. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Don't leave. On ever. Just go to the say next in French. part. And we'll Benjamin. see you later. Yeah, Benjamin. There is no way, if you're on the internet, if you're on YouTube, Twitter, the Reddit, the any of the others, the Instagram, yes. there's no way you haven't had this spoiled for you. No, there isn't. But I mean, just, just saying, just in case people don't want yes. this. I actually, Benjamin, had the biggest reveal of it spoiled for me oh, by what? Vice magazine. Oh, fuck you, Vice. I read a, fl- I read a flippin' review, Ben. Boo. In a mainstream publication. Shouldn't have done that, Michael. I know, I'm a dumbass. Yeah. Um, and I had it review, I read, I had it spoiled for me the day before. And they just casually say, and here we go now, here come the spoilers. Okay, so the this spoilers. is your last chance. And they just casually say in it, all of the villains are great. And of course, when the other two Spider-Men show up, the action really goes up a notch. So, oh my Bullshit. God, what? Shit. <laughs> you absolute assholes. That's awful. One of the worst, Benjamin. So, the other two Spider-Men show up. Yeah, well, there you go. In case you, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Benjamin, somehow, what I think is... So, ignoring the fact that this is just a good film in its own right. Yes. One of the most incredible things that it does is it manages to be redemptive... Yes. ...of Tobey Maguire. Yes. Absolute bad egg Tobey Maguire. Yep, still possibly a bad egg. But still anyway. maybe one of the worst eggs. Yeah. It manages to be redemptive of the much maligned Spider-Man Andrew Garfield. Yes. It redeems Doc Ock... And I don't mean the character redeems them, but it gives them the perfect little wrap-up to their character arc. Yeah. For Doc Ock, Green Goblin... Yes. ...somehow manages to redeem Jamie Foxx's Electro. Although he was still easily my least favourite character in the whole thing. That's because you don't like Jamie Foxx. I I don't have much time for Jamie Foxx. I think the whole time he thinks he's too cool to be in movies. That's the impression I get from him. Is like I'm cooler than this movie. That's fair. But then, but then he played that absolutely atrocious character in the in the Amazing Spider-Man Two. I don't know what he's at. I don't know what he's doing. He's got a great agent, I think. He's, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know his motivation. But it wraps up the. There's no need for another Raimi Spider-Man now. No. That's it. I'm done. That's. I'm satisfied. We we know. The end for Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. There's no need for another Mark Webb Spider-Man movie now. It's all done. It's all done. There you go. If you were clamoring for, for Andrew Garfield to have his final episode and his redemptive arc and finish off the character, there you go. It's done. Yeah. Absolutely. It's an incredible job of pulling disparate movies with disparate tones and disparate characters and disparate values into one coherent package that wraps up all three of them but also doesn't rely on the nostalgia or knowing the no. narrative of the previous two to make any sense or even to be a good movie in its own right it's, it's very well done michael um it's incredible piece of work it's really the height of i don't know if it's the best ever superhero film because it, yeah. it no, has it flaws no i checked it is it is certainly the best ever bit of superhero extended universe how are we going to fix this mess? 
yeah. work that's ever been done. I, I think, you know, there were some very clever things done as well. Go on. Um, number one, uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was rewrote heavily. Go on. Um, you were saying this in the cinema, and I was saying, shut up, Ben, he's doing a flip. I didn't say it in the cinema, because I don't talk in the cinema. Don't you, did. you, you were put whispering that, in my ear saying, don't you really, put re- that curse on me. They've really rewritten this character. And don't you put motivation. that on me. And I said, Ben, I, he's doing a flip. I do not speak in the cinema, Michael. How dare you? I am Be not quiet, one of those ben, he's doing points. a flip. Um, right. So, after the film, I yes. said this to you, and I said, that's how they made it bearable. Because <laughs> one of the things that people really didn't like about Andrew Garfield is that he was a bit snide in the Spider-Man films. He's mm. mean and yeah, snide. Yeah, he was a bit mean. Yeah. Um, he's not that in this. He's far more comedic mm. from start to finish. He was the finish. funny one. He's the funny one. They, mm. and so I don't know how they've they, they've done that. Mainly because I think um, Toby Maguire might have no comedic timing. Um, oh, he did but, a little wave at the at the granny. Um, oh, I suppose he did. Yeah, a little tiny wave. Yeah, um, that was good. And that was interesting. But anyway, such an interesting way of rebranding the character and making him genuinely likable. Um, I think there's a metric fucked on Michael, and that's a that's a scientific term. Yeah, it's different. Of, it's it's equal to two point two imperial fucktons. <laughs> um. <laughs> or 4,000 imperial pounds. Well done. Well done. Yeah, you're, you're um, right. So, in, in, there's an awful lot of tongue-in-cheek um, in these three Spider-Men, and especially Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man gets a bit of a lambasting from, from the, the context of the movie, because all of a sudden, he's a very self-loathing Spider-Man. He's like, I'm terrible, I'm awful, and everyone that was worst. watching was like, I used to think that about you too. Yeah. You are um, the worst. And then, he, and then, of course, Toby Maguire steps in and he's like, you're amazing. And everyone's like, ah, that was That's the name, the of, name the movie. of the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I just, I can't believe they pulled it off, Michael. In that yeah, regards. it's amazing. It's incredible. You know? He couldn't even catch Emma Stone. Um, Why didn't he no. just catch Emma Stone? But of course, he, he gets that redemption as well, Michael. Yeah, and he has a little cry. He's, he's the best Spider-Man actor of the three Spider-Man actors. He is. Let's give him that. He's the best Spider-Man actor of the three Spider-Man actors. He is. Which would seem to imply that it was the script that was the issue in the old ones, not the Andrew Garfield. Um, I think Andrew Garfield's career post-Spider-Man has only proven that several times over. Andrew Garfield yeah. is actually quite good at his job. He's very good at acting. Benjamin, yes. it must have been incredibly good fun for Andrew Garfield. I don't know if it was for Tobey Maguire, because I tell you what, he seems like a bad egg. They minimised a lot of that Spider-Man. You know, they, they really reduced his, you know lines and time on screen because I, I just don't think they want to give him as much <laughs> yeah don't give him too much because he might be a bit of a bad bloke he um, looks like a cool christian youth pastor yeah and they poked that fun at him as well i find that really interesting that you know he got that there's also a good bit of tongue-in-cheek there you know he says that oh me and mj are complicated because they were always shit in the films they were just, like, <laughs> they just couldn't get it together so it's fun yeah. to reference that kind of thing and um, mm. as much as possible you know Doctor um, strange is incompetent though isn't he what oh a he's flipping he's dumbass a, what, what a fuckhead what an absolute dumbass. Yeah, Wong is definitely the better suited to his current role. Wong is the best Sorcerer Supreme. Benjamin, you know I have a very extensive action figure collection and I have pretty much every character who's ever been in the MCU and for some reason I don't have a Wong. That's really sad. That's a, it's a great injustice, but they've just released images, Ben, on Hasbro Pan Pulse Thursday, which I saw on Brian Regan's action figure reviews, actually. Very good. But um, And there's a Wong in that. 
Uh, well, you know what they say, two wongs do make a right, so... Very good. I'm only going to get one, because um, there's only one in the wave. Benjamin! Yes? Doctor Strange was a real dumbass. I like he- when Spider-Man beat him, though. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? I um, am... Yeah. So I I think that's our Chekhov's gun for this movie, um, Michael. I think that Spider Man, Doctor Strange fight in the Mirrorverse, yes, is very important. Go on. Because throughout this film, they begin to sow the seeds of Spider Man's actually very intelligent. Um, he's a, he's a smart they, lad. They really start pushing that. We got glimpses of it in the other two films when he goes about using the fabricator in Spider-Man 2. And um, he's on the quiz team. Yeah, and he's on the quiz team. But now we really get a sense of, you know, oh, actually Spider-Man's very good and quick thinking on his feet. Mm. Um, and it was, it, it, it's that amazing moment where he's like, oh, this is just math. Mm. Oh, Oh, I've heard of math. math. And he's like, I like math. And then he I just can... starts doing it. And he, he kicks the shit out of him. He's just like, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I yeah. did math on you. I did math on Doctor Strange, you big dumbass. Benjamin, I liked when his body still had a spider sense, even when his soul was out of it. Makes perfect sense. It's it's Very. it's a, it's a sensory bodily function. It's an autonomous function for Spider-Man. <laughs> very clever. Very yeah. good. I, I very, very much enjoyed that. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah. I'll tell you what they did though, do, though, which is an issue that I have with this. Okay. They've really... Why they didn't do a Sinister Six is beyond me. Because they were one short of the full they were pie. One, they were one short of a Sinister Six. And now you cannot do a Sinister Six film after that. No. You probably That's can't. That's it. They, they shot their load on yeah. Spider-Man's villains doing a big team up. Yeah. They absolutely shot their load on it with a Sinister Five. And then had the sixth in a post credit scene and absolutely wasted it. Is that, is that what they were trying to do? Is that is that technically a... Well, it's what Sony have been trying to do for years. That yeah. was one of, the, one of the biggest problems in Amazing Spider-Man 2 was they were trying to set up a Sinister Six movie instead of just doing a Spider-Man film. Yeah, too many villains spoil the broth. So in a lot of ways, they got their Sinister Six movie in this, but they got their Freaky Five. Yeah, their Fearsome Five, I think is the... Why didn't they bring back Topher Grace as Venom? Ah. Uh, because nobody wants that, really, Michael. Nobody wanted Electro back. Yeah. That's nobody fair. wanted the lizard back. Yeah, also fair. Nobody was clambering for another Sandman. That's true. I was surprised Sandman was in it. I was like, okay. Yeah, all yeah. Right. And it was not only was he in it, it was also um, your man from All That Wine. Thomas Hayden Church. That's the fella, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sandman and the and lizard. All that wine. <laughs> Sandman like and the, the lizard. <laughs> Very good. It's the Hollywood musical version. Sandman and the lizard were definitely the most underutilized of the villains. Um, I, other than being a set piece, I think Sandman was a waste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was. He was not, used for cool graphics sometimes. He's barely a villain. He's um, not really a villain. In fact. Like, they used it to damp down his character motivation is very poor by the end because uh, he's he's the voice of reason at the beginning yeah and then suddenly he's just like no I want to go home and it's like yeah but just hang on lad like that's what yeah, he's I'll send you home in a minute he's a simple fella Ben Benjamin yeah Green Goblin is amazing isn't he oh they <laughs> now there is one that they smashed okay absolutely incredible so there are a couple of very important things done to help Green Goblin really make his return in magnum opus style. <laughs> yes. Number one, they ditched the Power Rangers suit from Spider-Man 1, which was great in Spider-Man 1, not knocking it, would not fit in as well here, I don't think. 
Well, Benjamin, it wasn't beloved in Spider-Man 1 either. Oh, was it not? No, at the time, people were like, what is he wearing? Oh, okay. Well, then, so that was done for very good reason then. Mm. Um, I think Willem Dafoe has had 20-odd years to reflect on how he played him the first time. Mm. Has probably learned some things along the way. And he's like, oh, I can still do Maniacal, but I can do slightly restrained, better dialogue Maniacal than that and i was like and he does he nails it he is a perfect corrupting force um in the new spider-man and he still plays his norman osborne versus the green goblin schizophrenia style thing perfectly it's just a joy to watch incredible he is incredible it is the most incredible redemptive arc for what they tried to do with him in spider-man 3 yeah where he was back as a kind of a ghost or whatever yeah amazing and the fight he has with Spider-Man in the apartment building, where he's powerbombing him through floors. Yeah. Oh, the best use of Green Goblin I've ever seen. And then he's zipping around in his glider, shooting bombs at people and being a real prick. Do you know what? It showcases the power of the two of them so well, because I, I was watching, um, not Homecoming, what's the second one called again? Far From Home. Far From Home. I was watching... Um, far from home with my good lady friend and she said to me so is spider-man really strong and i was like oh let oh. me tell you oh. let me tell you he has the proportionate strength of a spider and also mm. um he's constantly holding back in the comics this is something that's revealed as you go through spider-man comics spider-man has to pull punches on almost everybody that he hits because if he did he just snapped their head off oh they just turn into a dust they just turn into a paste michael yeah um and I, I really enjoyed that this is finally shown off between him and the Green Goblin. The two of them tear lumps out of each other. <laughs> oh, absolute chaos. It's... One of my favourite things about it, as opposed to um, Tobey Maguire's fight with Doc Ock in Amazing Spider- in regular Spider-Man 2, is Tobey Maguire lands a lot of punches on Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And any one of them should have just obliterated him. Should have, yeah. And Tom Holland doesn't land a single punch on Dr. Octopus in, no, they in this movie. They learned quite a lot. He does one kind of pushing kick on his midriff where the the belt is. Yeah. But he doesn't land a single punch because the arms know that if they get a punch from this guy, they're probably going to be dead. Yeah, the arms are sentient little beings and they're like, oh, Mm. no. (laughs) We'll we'll handle this, please, squishy man. Uh, Hello, meat suit. Uh, You take a breather. You just hang back here and Um, we'll fight this fella for you. Oh, it was just a phenomenal movie overall, Michael. Uh, but just coming back to that point, it, it completely recontextualized because the ending of this film is a whoa! It's a it's a it's a tear jerker. Oh, Ben, I was jerking those tears all oh, night. I, I I was feeling it in the cinema. I was like, no, no, mm. no, mm. Um, Benjamin. Yeah, I I kind of I think I know what you're going to say, so I'm going to give a bit of context to it. Isn't it incredible that after? Three, four, five, six movies? Is this his sixth movie? Yeah. His six movies of skipping the Uncle Ben death responsibility thing. Yeah. And getting straight down to it. The whole thing turned out to be his origin story. We never realised that this has been a six film coming of age sequence. Yeah, it's incredible. He's it's, He wasn't a fully formed character. He was that derided Iron Boy Jr., as people were saying. Yeah, but that's... that's and it's fascinating, because we always thought, oh, this is the best we're going to get. It's still a great Spider-Man. It's not, it's not Spider-Man. It's yeah. Spider-Boy. And now we've opened ourselves up for Spider-Man. It's insane. 
it's so mad then they just it was like it came like a full big circle and they went now it's spider and this was one of your biggest complaints about tom holland spider-man was that he wasn't really spider-man was he he was just a junior iron man i did i did make that complaint that is true you did you were like he's just iron man's assistant for once i actually did say that <laughs> and now he's yeah and then you said something very racist afterwards <laughs> i can't remember what that was but um Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was you said. You said that the reason you thoroughly enjoyed this film was it was nice to finally just see three white men up on screen being heroes. Yeah, that's what I said. That's, you said finally just someone I can I look said. up to. Jesus Christ. It's nice to finally see myself represented on screen, you said. That's what you said when you saw I just Andrew don't Garfield get it of it. <laughs> coming through that portal. Jesus Christ. Um, so anyway, Michael, um, yes. this has been a six film sequence of Coming of Age. And it's really clever because you didn't have to retell the Uncle Ben story. And oh, we it was had, Aunt May the whole time? We had all assumed that that had already happened. And then we were like, oh, maybe they just did away with the old phrase because it's, you know, it's not that exciting as a phrase, you know. Mm. It's old hat. No, they just hadn't done it yet. They hadn't done it yet, Ben. Uncle Ben might have just died of something normal like um, high blood pressure. Yeah. Or, like, might have been never around. Who knows? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. It was never said. And people used to poke fun at that because they were like, oh, okay, we're just not going to touch the origin story. It was the origin story. The whole thing. (laughs) And I think it's amazing. I I think what we've been set up for here, Michael, I thoroughly enjoyed the end of this film because there's a less than one minute sequence at the end Mm. where we get Manhattan Spider-Man. Yeah, we yeah. get no more Queen Spider-Man. New York City Spider-Man. It he had to make his own costume. He had to do it all by hand. We get the classic Spider-Man. Six a, movies in. In, a, in six movies in, and it's just it's going to be so good, Michael, to see him kind of be Spider-Man mm. for a bit. Do you know what I mean? Ah, uh, I'm I'm I just think they did this so well. I cannot get over the way that they did this. And there are so many little sequences and things like that, like Spider-Man using his brains to beat a much bigger opponent, like Doctor Strange or something like Mm. that. Do you know what I mean? And it's all little, it's all little sprinklings of, oh, actually, I'm quite competent these days. And now, Ben, now that everyone forgets he's Spider-Man and he's disassociated from the Avengers, you can go back and you can do uh, Spider-Man and Daredevil teaming up to take on the Kingpin. Yep, that's absolutely fine if you want to do that. You're absolutely fine. Oh, if you want, you can just go and do that. Now, Michael, that brings us to our final point, I suppose. Do you think he's going to be remembered at some point? I don't know. I don't know. And it's this is going to be the big problem with it. This is... This is Marvel are about to shoot themselves in the foot. They're digging a hole that can't be dug out of. Right. Because they've introduced the blip and the, yeah. the, the snap and the blip. Yeah. So everything's five years further down the line. Yep. They've introduced... Um, they've introduced now Spider-Man being erased from people Peter Parker being erased from people's memory but Spider-Man not yeah Spider-Man's still a menace Spider-Man's still a menace Um, everyone who so for example does Doctor Strange Doctor Strange knows that Spider-Man was with him on Titan when he fought Thanos yes but does he just forget that it was Peter Parker must be so he he sees him with the mask on the whole time yeah he's just a constant masked person yeah which is, I mean, that is how Spider-Man traditionally works, I suppose. He was always a uh, uh, no. Nobody knows. Nobody can and, know. And they've introduced multiverses. Yes. So 
I think that's another important thing, like in terms of some of the characterization for these heroes and stuff. Well, multiverses have been building for a long time in the Marvel Universe, Michael. So I think it was well-timed um, in that regard. I think it sits in very well with Loki and, you know, Wandaverse and Yes, but this is the first film that it happened in. That's true. And that means that for the mainstream viewer now, this is going to be very confusing. I and do not- we're seconds away from just having to throw all sense and reason out the window. We got very close there for a second. Oh, it's... it's Unless they take a step back now for the next couple of years and go back to kind of grounded stuff and... But they're not going to with the multiverse of madness. Well, I, so, I, I think on. what we might be doing there, Michael, um, is I think the multiverse of madness is going to be a bit of a reset. Possibly. I think... Basically, all the all the versy worsy stuff that we've been dealing with is going to be tackled in Multiverse of Madness because it's grown out of control. Because, Michael, you and I and the people that we saw the film with, we waited until the end to see our post credit scene. And what we got, Michael, was a trailer for a bloody movie. A trailer for a movie, which you can probably see on YouTube by about now. Yeah, by about now. Um, and it's just, it's just, oh, Stephen, you've been a right dick. Oh, stop it now. Benjamin. Yes. The trailer at the end yeah. has an evil Doctor Strange. It has, from and he, Marvel's What If. He looks very much like Stephen Strange from Marvel's What If. I don't think it will be him. I think we're going to get a retold origin story in that movie. All right, well, that's but, that's fair enough, I suppose. But it's it's interesting how they're all intersecting now, Michael. Very cross-sectional, Ben. Um, yeah. Benjamin. Gonna, Look, it's going to be an interesting time. Well, hang on, just one more thing. Just one more thing before we move on from this, because we've all right. This has, this has largely been welcome back to Spider Man Lockdown, <laughs> the, the review podcast. So good though. But into the Spider Verse, the animated movie uh, walked, so this movie could run. There's a lot of tips and tricks yes. taken from Into the Spider Verse to make the this thing, flow. The thing about it is, Spider Man has had a long history with multiverses. Yeah. Since the early 90s, yep. Spider-Man has been cross, leaping across dimensions and meeting other versions of Spider-Man. and Madam and Web. And all the, Madam Web, exactly. The Beyonder, the Secret Wars, the Spider-Man yeah, Wars. Thing. It's always been there in the background, but it was always, I think, considered untenable to try and do a movie about it. Because what makes it work is the history. Yeah. So, I mean, if we'd, if we'd had this movie. Yes. And there had been no Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire movies. I still think this would have worked. Probably. I still think it would have worked. I still think it would have been perfectly sensible. Yep. And I think one of the ways they could have thrown a little nod to that would be to have another Spider-Man show up who we've never seen before. Oh, yeah, now Miguel O'Hara. Or, you know, another Spider-Man. Say, get bloody... who who, who Let's say, get... um. Get Clint Eastwood to play a really old Spider-Man. A really old Spider-Man. And he's like, oh, I can't help, I'm too old. Yeah, let's let's do that. You listen to Marvel? You could, you could have done gold. that. It was a bit of a cosmic coincidence that the only two universes people came from were the two universes with this famous Spider-Man. That was handy, wasn't it? Very handy. Yeah. Very handy. convenient. I still think they should have brought in Venom or Dane DeHaan, though. Benjamin! Dane DeHaan can go do one. That would have been awful. <laughs> would have been great Dane DeHaan going I'm the bloody green goblin and William Defoe going no I'm the bloody green goblin you you son of a bitch you can be the hobgoblin 
I did enjoy the little glimpses of classic Spider-Man villains that we saw in the multiverse tears. A there rhino, were, a comic accurate least, rhino. At least a rhino and a scorpion I saw. And a Craven the Hunter was there as well, I think. Was there a Craven the Hunter? Yeah. Very good. Was there a Michael Morbius? Uh, I mean, who knows? Who knows, Benjamin? Who Is knows? Michael Morbius going to be good then? I don't know if they're going to now sew it together. I don't know if Michael Morbius is going to just be in the Marvel Universe. I don't know. We don't, I we, think we he don't might know, be. do we? And that's why we got the Vulture nod. It doesn't make sense because he knows Venom and he knows Vulture. Yeah. And they're in different they, oh, universes. fucked it again. <laughs> you oh. see? They fucked it, Ben. Speaking of fucking yeah. it, Ben, it's nearly Christmas. It's nearly Christmas and I've done nothing. <laughs> you haven't bought any presents from me. Bought any presents? Oh no, not a I've one, a, not a single present, Ben. So we decided to give the listeners some Christmas presents. Oh yeah, nice, nice, nice segue. Not actual Christmas presents, though. We just watched some Christmas shit. We did too much Christmas shit. Too much Christmas shit, Benjamin. Yes, we are. We we watched some Christmas stories. From Christmas shows, from no, from normal shows that have done Christmas episodes. Yeah. But we kept to the spirit of the podcast and we stuck to the genre. Yeah, because we're, we're a pop culture podcast, Michael, but we're a very, we're a very limited pop culture podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're not watching stuff, the <laughs> nerd stuff. We're not watching the Secret Lives of Hollywood Wives or whatever that's called. Oh, okay. I just won't talk about that one then. Yeah, don't talk about that one. We're not watching Selling Sunset, no matter how much Netflix wants me to. Okay, I'll just leave out that Christmas special too then. Leave that one out as well, Benjamin. I tell you what Christmas special I watched, Benjamin. Benjamin, I travelled all the way back in time to the year 1996. Yeah. And you were but a swaddling babe in swaddling clothes. I was. I was a little baby boy. Little tiny little fella. You were having your first ever poo. Yeah. And that very Christmas Eve, Benjamin. Yeah. I watched the classic Christmas episode, which hasn't aged that well. The (laughs) X-Files... How the Ghost Stole Christmas. How the Ghost Stole Christmas. And it's oh, it's a weird one. Ed Asner, Lily Tomlin, bloody Mulder and Scully. It's, it's, That's it. It's it. it is it's the smallest cast of any X-Files episode. Is it? Yeah. Only Get four out. cast members. Get out of town. I, I can't and I won't. But okay, that's there's a COVID enough. There's a COVID lockdown coming. Yeah, we're so. kind of we're an encroaching lockdown that we're not yeah. supposed to talk about. Yeah, I can't get out of town. I'll be, I'll be stuck in town. Benjamin. Yeah. It's a weird one, though, isn't it? Uh, uh, I think I went into this because I, I had to look up a few lists before before even tackling this week's topic, Muggle, and I, everybody raves about it. You know, they're like, oh, it's a little X-Files gem, and uh, it's a weird one. It's, I have seen it described as the best episode of season six and the worst episode of season six. It's a very divisive figure. Exactly, Ben. It wasn't 1996 either, was it? It was a bit later. It might have been oh, no, I think I think you're right. I think it was... Oh, am I? It was 96? I, I, think, you're, I think you're on the money there. I, I would have to double check, but I think you're on the money. I think I said, saw it there somewhere. Anyway, you so, spin your wheels there and, and tell the listeners what's, what's what. So Mulder and Scully, Ben, you might remember them. They're from the X-Files. Yes. One of them is dressed like the Fonz. And one of them is dressed like a lady from... the Mulder is dressed like the Fonz in this. David Duchovny was a very handsome man, wasn't he? He was, yeah. And Gillian Anderson was a very attractive lady. Yeah, they were quite the pair. Um, and Benjamin, they are trapped in a haunted house on Christmas Eve. <laughs> through no fault of their own. No, through... it's entirely their own fault. Sorry. Oh, they've... wait. Oh, wait. No, hang on. <laughs> they've gotten them trapped, themselves trapped in a haunted house on Christmas Eve, Ben. And they're a pair of bickering old ghosts who are trying to drive them mad. And they're doing a pretty decent job at, at at different points. Yeah, they do a decent job. I like the psychobabble, Ben. 
the 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 cycle the cycle babble. Yeah, very good. Yes. Just uh, analyzing them until they hate each other. Benjamin, there are some very effective ghost story moments in this. It's nineteen ninety eight, Michael. 1998. I suspected it was a bit later. You had had several poos by then. You were out of your swaddling clothes. I was. You were in your, you were in your Spider-Man Jimmy Jams. Yes. Benjamin. Yes. There are some very effective ghost story moments in this. My personal favourite is when they dig up the floorboards and they find the skeletons yes. of themselves. Very creepy. Very unpleasant. Very gross. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, gaslighting in this cell episode, Michael. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> Mulder and Scully get gaslit. I yeah, believe Mulder is and the... Scully get glasses. A very merry Christmas. Yes, merry Christmas to everyone who's emotionally ma- manipulative. Benjamin, Jesus, yeah, it's a but it's a weird episode. It has a very weird twist at the end where the ghosts have shot them. Yep, but they seem to be dying. Yep, but if you've been shot by ghosts, apparently, if you are at Christmas and you've been shot by ghosts at Christmas and you realise you've been shot by ghosts not by Mulders or Scullies you're Grant yeah so it's it's okay so for the two people that are currently listening to this podcast who are trapped in a haunted house at Christmas yeah and for some inexplicable ghosts. reason you've stuck in your Spotify and had a listen yeah. to us you're Grant lads if you're there hop up on the Discord we'll come and get you <laughs> We we actually will come and get you. We'll um, come and get you. Your grand, we will, just we wouldn't want that to be the case. We'll come nah, and get you. If you. I mean, we need every listener we can bloody get. We'll come and save you from ghosts. If you'd also like to share the episode with the ghosts, um, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they have Spotify accounts, get them to hop up on the Discord as well. Yeah, it'd be grand. That'd be be fantastic. Benjamin, it's not very Christmassy, but I think one of the reasons it's a beloved episode is Mulder and Scully exchanging little tatty gifts at the end. It's a good good little bit of banter, isn't it? It's a good little bit of banter, and it's a good little bit of Christmas, and a nice Christmas moment. This probably was broadcast in the middle of summer in 1998. More than likely. They all have to do one in the the American cycle of of TV-dom. You you have to make your Christmas episode, and you have to make your Halloween episode. Exactly. Um, And it's bloody exhausting, Michael. I tell you what, yeah. Ben. Xena Warrior Princess had a Christmas episode. Oh, God. And I only have the vaguest of memories of it being about some sort of baddie. It's, it's, again, it's a Christmas carol, Ben. And I don't mean Carol Danvers from the Avengers. It's a Christmas carol. It's Scrooge McDuck's A Christmas Carol. And who wrote that? Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. Yeah. And I could not watch it again. Because it is absolutely physically impossible to find Xena on a stream in Ireland. Is it? Yeah, you can't watch it. Probably because it's really bad, is it? No, well, I don't think so. I think Xena's all right. It's Hercules that's about a racist. But Xena turned out to be to be all right, I think. No, one, no one's worried about Lucy Lawless. But you can't, for love nor money, watch Xena in Ireland. She's uh, Some of the seasons are on... Amazon, but only in the UK. Okay. Not in the UK, in the US. Some of them are on Apple iTunes. I'm not paying for Apple iTunes to watch episodes of Xena. Hmm. It's very strange. So you can't watch it. So I didn't watch it, Ben. I didn't watch A Solstice Tale. That is. Uh, you didn't, <laughs> might, didn't. Might be a bit of a downer for the old podcast, but I just didn't watch it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, well, that, that was excellent podcasting. Um, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Very long lay-in for, oh, I didn't actually get around to that. Yeah, I didn't get around to it, so I don't know if it's any use. Benjamin, yes. did you watch any Christmas episodes? I did, Michael. I also watched A Very Supernatural Christmas. 
Oh, what happens in that? A very supernatural Christmas, Michael, centres around, well, as we know, Sam and Dean, they're out in the road. They're two brothers. They're two brothers, and they have a strong bond, Michael. Yes. Yes. Uh, And they're out in the road, and they're going on about, and they come to a little town, Michael, where they're getting a report of an anti-Santa. Right. And they're like, what what do you mean an anti-Santa? Explain that there. Yes. And uh, what it turns out is there's a, there's a Santa Claus coming down the chimney, but uh, he's grabbing up kids and eating them. Yes. Oh, no. And that's, you don't want that, Michael. You don't want that. That's not really what you want in your home. So, this episode yes. is interspersed with different little flashbacks to Sam and Dean's terrible Christmases on the road. Because their father was a shite father, you see, and took them all over the country to hunt monsters, but usually left them in motel rooms until he finished a job. Because mm. he was what he was what the uh, psychology books call a shit dad. Shit um, dad. It's four <laughs> out of ten. Shit dad. <laughs> so the Christmas little vignettes are of little kids who kind of exchange presents, but they don't actually have any money. You see, because they're hunters and they don't live a life of luxury, Michael, and they don't have anything like pocket money. Because again, shit dad. <laughs> shit dad. No use. So this keeps happening. And um, so we get lots of little vignettes as Sam and Dean are hunting down the anti-Santa. And it turns out, Michael, that the anti-Santa are two old pagan gods. Oh. Yeah. And they masquerade as a very kind of Mr. Rogers, Bing Crosby, uh, bloody It's a Wonderful Life couple. Um, one of them whom looks like Mrs. Claus and the other one who looks like Bing Crosby on a on a day out from the Domestic Abusers Asylum. Right, um, and they they are you know the toast of the town, and everybody loves them. They're so kind and lovely, but they're only gone and being bloody pagan gods that require a sacrifice every Christmas, and that's why they eat people. Oh no! Someone should probably put a stop to them. Maybe with some Hollywood. Maybe with some Hol. Oh, look who's seen the episode and let me spin my wheels anyway. Ah, um, uh, Benjamin, I've seen most things. Yes, and uh, they they put an end to it. And Sam and Dean saved Christmas by putting an end to the two pagan gods, and they never really did a Christmas episode ever again. <laughs> and everyone was happy. And everyone Benjamin, was happy. Yes. I watched an episode of... Cha- actually, the last episode of Channel 4's Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. No. And I, I'll tell you what, it's called Black Mirror White Christmas. Yes. Which is, you know, there's a... What a delicious bit of wordplay, because Black Mirror, but White Christmas. Yes, it's a good... It's a comedy of contrasts, Michael. Exactly. And it's got... It's got John Hamm, your favourite... Your favourite pork product, John Hamm. Yes, Jonathan Hamm. Jonathan Hamm. And... Um, it's got Raf Raf Spall. Rafe Spall, I think is how we is it say Rafe? it, but I'm is not he, sure. Is he a Rafe? And I'll tell you what, Ben, they're doing the Christmas classic. They're doing vignettes. Oh, so many vignettes, Michael. You know it's a Christmas... No, it's three. It's three vignettes. But you oh. know it's a Christmas classic when there's vignettes. So many vignettes. And Ben, um, some of the vignettes... None of the vignettes are terribly Christmassy. No, they're not. The, the <laughs> framing device is... But the, the rest yeah. is definitely not. The framing device is very Christmas, where there's two men in a cabin and they don't like each other, but it's Christmas. But it's Christmas. But then the the vignettes are just classic Black Mirror. Oh, no, something horrible has happened, something to do with technology. That's awfully sinister, isn't it? Hmm? Mm, mm. A bit of old horrible sinister technology stuff going on. Sinister with a USB port, Michael. The Black very Mirror good. formula. <laughs> exactly, Benjamin. And then obviously the whole has a big twist in the end. Um, Benjamin, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, they're very freaky. They're very good. My my personal favourite Benjamin is the one with um, Una Chaplin. Is that her name? I think it's her. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin's granddaughter, where yeah. um, where you can make a copy of your personality yeah, to power egg. your home devices. Mm, yeah, I don't like it. 
No, it's very gross, isn't it? Very, then, very harrowing. And it's yeah. it, it, theoretically, existentially possible. <laughs> yes, and if possible, Ben, extremely likely. Uh, yeah, they will do it. They'll definitely do mm. it. But my favorite part about that, Michael, is that it's it's treated like your classic Apple product launch or your typical smart home salesman. It's like, this will make your life easier. This will do this. This will do that. It's, you know, flawless technology, really easy to do. And what it boils down to is John Hamm being an absolute dickbag to a little machine. Yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. fascinating look. It's like, we don't actually know how this works. We do it through threats and coercion. And that's mm. why your life works. Yeah. Gross. And it's very wow, horrible. So gross. It's like having a job, Ben, but existentially. Yeah, so gross. Even so, Benjamin, it- ju- just let's let's talk about it a little bit because not everyone's necessarily seen okay, it. Okay, go on. So, what happens is to power your home devices, to power your your mm. Google Smart Egg, they make a copy of your personality. Yeah, and and implant it into the into the device. They do. But of course, Ben, if they make a perfect copy of your personality, it doesn't want to be in the device. Why would it? It's a being it's a being with free will and sentience. <laughs> exactly. But Ben, they can make time pass and they can make time pass at a thousand years in one second. And you won't die because so, you're a little AI copy. Oh horrible. Yeah, no. Just a thousand years in a bloody white room until you behave. Oh gross. It's it's awful. Oh one of the worst concepts in the whole show. Yeah, very effective. Mm, terrible, very terrifying. harrowing much not harrowing. very festive at all um, there are a couple of episodes um, that also run out of that so we find out that uh, John- Jonathan Hamm is a kind of an expert in this sort of fictional universe you know mm. simulation junk yeah um, and once we see that episode Michael we get a sense that oh those two men in the cabin aren't aren't having a great time oh, no what's what's going on Twisty twisty. Uh, yeah, so we find out as we go along. So there's a couple of different episodes. We also get John Hamm being a, a pickup artist, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah, that's also creepy stuff because he's using little communication technology and seeing yeah, through the same eyes. And of course, he gets himself, he only goes and gets himself tied up in an old murder investigation, Michael. Oh, classic. Oh, awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think the central line of a lot of these episodes is, you know, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year for some people, and for other people, it's a very harrowing experience and really damages them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, try not to be a murderer, try not to be so gross. Yeah, try not to be so gross, and also, don't do anything bad against kids or they get John Ham. They get John Ham, your favourite pork product and mine, John Ham. Yeah. They'll send him after you. They'll send him after you, and he'll, he'll get it, he'll learn. He'll put oh, it together. Um, very harrowing. Rafe Spall, real dickbag by the end of this show. Um... I suppose what we've given you, ladies and gentlemen, is a, is a pile of Christmas specials that might actually tarnish the spirit of Christmas. And for me, uh, certified <laughs> Grinch, uh, I'm okay with that. That's fine yes. by me. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to watch any of these with your children, don't. No, don't. They're all har- they're very harrowing. These are very adult Christmas specials. Don't do it. Are there any nice Christmas specials, Ben? Um, probably. I haven't seen them. I thought you watched bloody Doctor Who. I, uh, well, I mean, I suppose that's nice. All right, so Doctor Who does a Christmas special every year, you son of a gun. Nearly um, every year. I nearly made it. Uh, nearly every year. It's really whatever they decide at the time. Um, and sometimes it's Christmas themed and other times it's just a special event. Yeah. Um, so the Christmas themed ones are usually very much in the spirit of Christmas. The first one that we ever got was with David Tennant and it was about a Victorian doctor um, that David Tennant wasn't aware of. But there's a man running around Victorian London, classic Dickensian Christmas, um, oh, yeah. claiming to be the doctor. Mm, is and, he though? And of course, David Tennant goes, no, 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 I'm I the doctor. I'd, I think I'd know. 
I would fucking know because I remember all my past lives, you see. Mm. Because I'm trapped in a Siddhartha nightmare that's never yeah, going very to end. Unpleasant. Yeah, very unpleasant. Um, and so we go through that and it turns out the Daleks are there. <laughs> Classic Daleks. Daleks hate Christmas. Such Fun little Bunch fact. of messers, those lads. Bunch of messers. Um, and we got that one. Other Christmas specials have been where Julian Sims, or the master, takes over all of London at Christmas time. Oh, that sounds like fun. I think I did quite enjoy that. Again, very harrowing, Michael, because he transforms the Doctor into a haggard little man by accelerating his actual real-life life, life um, oh. and making it manifest physically. So he's thousands of years old, and he looks like a thousands mm. of years old, shriveled little guy in a cage. Um, oh, very good. And they use little drones, like copies of the, the monster machine from the, the Phantasm series, you know, the little spiky ball thing. Yes. Yeah. So there's one of those. Um, that's that's a less Christmassy themed one because it doesn't really have much. But the one that I watched for this one, Michael, was Doctor Who, A Christmas Carol. Oh, very on the nose. Uh, very on the nose, Michael. So much so, so much so, that this centers around a rich, miserly dickhead from the planet Karts. Oh. Karts. Now, it's not London. No. It's not it sounds London. a lot like London, though. It just looks like Victorian London. Right, right, right. But it's but not. But it isn't. Okay, just All in right, case we were wondering. Right. Now, come here to me. Come here to me. You might think that you're being clever yes. by saying it's just Victorian. It's not, right? right it's not. It's a different place. It's the planet Karts. Right. A different time and place. And that miserly guy could save yeah. the whole planet because there's an impending doom and he could do it with his money and technology. But guess what, Michael? He probably won't. He's a bit of a bloody Scrooge. Oh, he's probably not interested. He probably wants to save his own time and money. So Michael Gambon is this particular Scrooge, right? Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon. Michael Prawn. Of screen and stage. Um, Michael Prawn is there. <laughs> your favourite pra- your favorite prawn product, Michael Gambon. <laughs> Michael Gambon. Not to be confused yes. with Jonathan Hamm. But anyway, yeah. um, Mickey Prawns is there and he's playing uh, Scrooge. And it falls to the doctor, Michael, to travel backwards and forwards in his timey-wimey machine as the okay. ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. But it's not oh, Christmas because they're not in Victorian London. It's carts, right? Very clever, though. Very clever to have the time traveler be past, present, and future. I He's like all it. of them. He's all I of them. I like it. That's clever. Um, and his assistants. Yes. The, the lovely Amy Pond. Oh, and Rory. And Rory. They play different characters at different times. So, Doctor Who borrows the convention of Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future, and each one of them plays one of the spirits. Oh, very clever. That's the central conceit. Very Christmassy so just, Doctor Who episode is actually quite nice. Maybe give that a watch. So they're just gaslighting this guy. Yeah, they're just gaslighting this guy. <laughs> really, all Christmas specials can be, you've been gaslit. Merry Christmas. You've been gaslit, you've been gaslit by angels. You've been gaslit by Doctor Who. You've been gaslit by ghosts. You've been gaslit into being less of a prick. A very merry gaslighting. That's what we'll call this episode. Very good. Yes. A very merry gaslighting. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. That's it. We're done. That's that's the end of the year. That's the end of the year, Benjamin. We didn't have an end of the year wrap up because the year was shit. But let's just go through it very quickly. Best film of the year, Spider-Man. Yes, hands down across the board. We didn't do Mickey's. That's really strange. We normally we didn't do, do a this Mickey's. year's Mickey's. No, I don't think we did them last year either. It was too shit. It, it's just been too shit two years yeah, in a row. It's been too shit. Yeah. Um, okay, best TV series. Best TV series for me was. I don't know if The Expanse came out this year, but it's still my favorite show at the moment. Very good. I'm going to say controversially. Yes, Hawkeye. Oh, very clever. It's not even over yet. It could uh, be. It's not even over yet. So I do have recency bias, but I do think it's the best of what Marvel gave us this year. Uh, yes, it is for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, favorite uh, good egg, good egg of the year. Good egg of the year, Benjamin. I'm going to go with Henry Cavill. He doesn't seem to get in too much trouble. Sure, he doesn't. He no, he doesn't. Okay. And he's uh, he's he seems to be one of our people. Ben, he's making he's playing video games. He's doing Warhammer's. He's being in Superman. No, oh, so Henry gets it. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to. Me. I'm good. I'm going to give it to me. Um, oh, very good. Yeah, that's exactly what the good egg of the year would do. Yeah, exactly. Nominate selfless. Um, speaking of people that do selfish things, um, bad egg of the year? Uh, COVID again. I think COVID's going to be our first ever two year in a row. Yeah. I think I'm going to I mean, give it that one. Um, it's, it, COVID has managed to beat out Harvey Weinstein two years in a row. So that's how bad that is. Well done. Well, well, well done, done to COVID. COVID. Let's put a quick round of applause for COVID. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, what were your top picks for the year? Do get in touch with us in a bunch of different ways. Uh, you can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabyug.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on the gram at Sure Look, Sure Listen podcast. It means Sure Look, Sure Listen in English. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at ListenSure. Yeah, you can. You can. You can also... Get in touch with us in yes. the best possible way and have in-person chats with us digitally, of course. Um, live chats, I think, is what I meant to say there. Get up on that Discord, baby. Even if you've been kidnapped by ghosts, we'll come and get you. We'll come and get you. No other Discord offers that service. We are a certified ghost rescue service. Only if you listen to the podcast, though. Yeah. If you don't, <laughs> get off the Discord. If, if you hop up on the Discord and you need us to come and rescue you from ghosts, we're going to ask you a trivia question about the podcast. <laughs> that's the verification code. You need yeah. that. Um, so that's it for most ladies and gentlemen. We really appreciate you listening to us all over the course of the year. We'll be back the second week in January, Michael. That sounds about right. Yes, we'll be back the second week in January with a brand new episode. We haven't decided on what it is yet. We're going to go content cook over the Christmas period. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll see what we come up with. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a happy new year. Have a very merry gaslighting. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.